and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Join us as we have different guests and topics that address what's going on in our world and culture from a biblical perspective to find and remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Hey everyone, welcome to the Greater Than Broadcast. My name is Elijah Merle, a podcast, whatever you're listening to this on, I don't know, we'll probably put them on both, but uh, so excited that you've taken out time to join us today, wherever you find yourself in the world, the Lord is doing good things and he's doing it in your life. Um, I'm so excited, uh, honored and blessed uh, to have you guys join in. The purpose of the podcast, the broadcast is First uh, John says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We want to talk about what's going on in the world and even culture from a biblical perspective to find and to remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he is in the world. Whether you're watching this on the broadcast or maybe listening to it on the podcast, thank you so much for taking out time uh, to be a part of what the Lord is doing here. We have a special treat, a very special guest, uh, Brother Bill Halsinger. Um, I'm excited to have him on. A lot of you guys uh, may have heard about it, the Brownsville Revival. Uh, Brother Bill was there, hands-on with his lovely wife, and uh, hands-on with a lot of the things that was going on there during that time. And so I'm excited to have him on to share uh, eyewitness account, not just, you know, uh, the Bible talks about that we can only help but testify about what we've seen and heard, uh, is what the Bible says about the uh, disciples. And that's what I'm excited about having here, someone on to testify about what they have seen and heard. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, let's pray and then we'll jump right on in. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for this time, for this season. Thank you, Father, that you are still a God that moves. You are a God of revival. You are a God that strengthens and quickens your body, that wants to touch your people through the person of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for this time. We ask that you would uh, speak through us as the very oracles of God, uh, that which would bring a change and bring us up to a new level in you. And we give you praise for all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Um, Brother Bill, sir, uh, I will start off here. Um, now, if, if my history is right from what I've done by researching, you guys actually weren't at the very first service for Brownsville uh, Revival. You guys weren't at that Father's Day service that happened. Is that is that correct? That's correct, man. That's that's the one that's the one thing that I regret. We uh, we missed that service. We were going to we were playing hooky that morning. We were going to go that night. And uh, we were going to go to lunch early, and uh, we were waiting on a friend of ours to get back from church. And, you know, 12 o'clock came around, and he didn't show up. But 1 o'clock came, and 2 o'clock came, and finally around 3 o'clock, he called and says, you ain't not, you're not going to believe what's happened. God, God just showed up. I've been on the floor ever since. And so I missed the morning service, but we were there that night service, and then we were there every service for five years at that time. Oh, that's just wonderful. That's just wonderful. For those who don't know uh, the history of it, so you've got uh, uh, Brother uh, Evangelist Steve Hill came in uh, to that church, and it's Assemblies. Was it Assemblies of God Church? Is that correct? Yeah, Brownsville Assembly of God. John Kilpatrick was the pastor, and uh, it was Father's Day, 1995, and uh, pastor had asked uh, Steve to come in and preach that day, and, and Steve came in and, and on Father's Day, and he preached a Father's Day message, and, and uh, he, he was just antsy, man. He was just antsy the whole time. He was just ready to get done with the preaching. He wanted to pray for people because he had received an anointing uh, 
from a different place and, and the rest was history from that, from that, that day on. Man, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So walk us through here. This is a, a revival that's going on smack dab in the middle. And there's many things that play a part in, in it. And, you know, this this episode is kind of different. We're kind of having an interview. We're just kind of talking about revival here. And um, and I'm just excited about it. But uh, Brother Bill, tell us about here the that first night uh, going there. Because initially starting out, um, you know, all these people are experiencing a, a touch of God. Uh, I think there's even a video where that Father's Day where the Pastor John falls out under the glory. And like, he feels like he weighs like 2000 pounds or something like that. He, the glory comes on him. And so everybody's having this experience of the glory and the manifest presence of God. And, uh, and, you know, I feel impressed to say this, you know, in James, it talks about uh, my spiritual father is uh, Keith Moore. And uh, here recently, brother Moore uh, has been talking about um, the glory uh, during a, a greater faith conference he just had. Uh, and he was talking about if we draw near to God, that he draws near to us. And it's that simple. And I think that's what happened. Uh, what kind of led up to this is prayer. And, and any great revival that you study and that you look at, you'll find that that prayer is, is, is essential, is the number one thing to a move of God to a revival happening. And so I say all that to say, uh, they did they did prayer. And we may talk about that a little bit more later. I just want to talk about your story, your experience here. Uh, so they, they had prayer, they had the move of God finally come and hit there were some things prophesied, but uh, initially you guys didn't experience this glory where you're falling out, uh, getting slain in the spirit, however you want to say, um, but it gradually took place. So tell us about that, how you were able to experience the glory for yourself, because uh, you were, you know, you're checking Brother Steve, if I'm not mistaken, you're checking to see if he's got wires or something like that. You know, there's a lot going on. So tell us about that, uh, the, your, your journey into experiencing the glory. Well, I started going to Brownsville, me and my wife, in 1991. And so it was conservative, Assemblies of God Church. Uh, the pastor was conservative. I mean, I didn't see, I, I may have heard somebody speak in tongues two or three times. It, it wasn't, there wasn't nobody running the pews and, and that kind of thing. And so when Steve came, uh, we went that night and I saw everybody going forward. And uh, and he was just putting his fingers right on their head and just saying, more Lord, or now Jesus. And they were just, they were just hitting the floor. And, you know, this is, this was wild and strange to me. And, and some of them would shake and some of them would not. And so anyway, um, just my own experience. I mean, to get into that, what you were talking about, but two years before Steve Hill showed up, uh, the pastor had decided to stop doing Sunday night services and started doing prayer services. And he had these 12 banners made. These banners included spirit, uh, categories like spiritual warfare, revivals, souls banner, family, our country, uh, healing, pastor school, ministry, the peace of Jerusalem, those kind of things. And so we would come in and a little short, quick prayer, and then we'd go get around the banners, and we might change, or we may stay at one banner. And that went on for two years, and uh, for the prayer for that to come in. And some other things happened, uh, people that came and laid some foundational work. But prayer was the key of it. And... Yeah. You know, prayer has to be the key of it. And, um, you know, there's hindsight now, there's stick, there's six steps to revival that I have learned. First of all, you have to have unity and leadership. That's good. You have to have unity. God, you know, Jesus said it himself as he was, as he was a sinner, his last, one of his last things he told his disciples, says, Lord, if they would only just be as one as you and I are one. And so you have to have unity in the leadership. 
And I just want to preface this with this before I get into my story. You have to have unity in the body of the church. That's me and you. That's not just the leadership. We have to be in unity. We can't be in strife. There can't be no strife. Praise and worship. You have to have praise and worship. You have to pray for the people, and then you have to deal with the problems. Those are the six steps. And every every revival that I've ever known or studied had those same six six steps. Um, to get back to my story, uh, I went that Sunday. Me and my family went that uh, Sunday night, and I went and got prayed for, and I, I didn't feel anything. And so I'm watching all these people fall down. Some of these people I know, and so this, mm -hmm. this is kind of freaking me out. And so, give you a long story short, I got prayed for, and what happened was is Steve said and, and, and pastors got together at the end of the night, and this was in this was like three or four o'clock in the morning, okay. Um, and they said, let's just go one more night. And that's exactly how it happened. Let's just go one more night. Hey, everybody come back tomorrow night. So we, we everybody came back Monday night. And on Monday night, I got prayed for, nothing happened. Tuesday night, got prayed for, nothing happened. I got a business to run. I got employees. My, 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 my six-year-old or, you know, eight-year-old is, is in school. You know, we're keep, he's not going to school. We keep him on the bus because we're getting out of, we're getting out of church at five and six o'clock in the morning. The sun's coming up, you know, when we're leaving church. And so uh, Tuesday night, I got prayed for. Well, Wednesday night, my mother had came, and uh, she wanted to check out what was going on. And, and uh, it was 12 o'clock midnight, and she was ready to go. So I walked her out across the parking lot, and uh, I came back in. And one of the ushers that was catching for Steve Hill, he, uh, he saw me. When I came back in the foyer, he said, hey, come run with me, brother. And so we went back up there. My wife had seen me came in. So we went back up to the front because that's where they were headed. And so the um, couple, the, the Tuesday before, um, I was start trying to figure out what was going on here because he was praying for people and I wasn't feeling anything. My wife wasn't feeling anything. Nothing was happening. Um, and so Tuesday, I started watching it. And I would watch him, and everybody would fall over backwards. You know, they they pray and they fall over, and they shake. And some, sometimes they would, sometimes they would. And so I start watching. Him, I'm thinking, he's got he's got some wires or something. This is my mentality back then. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'd only been a Christian, uh, you know, '91. You know, uh, early '90s. You know, late '80s, '80s to the early '90s was a Christian. And so '95, all this is happening. You know, five years later, so. Uh, so I'm saying, you know, what has he got? He's what is he doing to these people? And so I start following him around, and, mm -hmm. I'm, and I'm watching him on Tuesday, and it was the coolest thing now. But I'm, I'm watching; he doesn't know I'm watching. He's watching, and I'm and he stops, and, and he looks straight at me. He takes off his jacket, he rolls up his sleeves, and he goes back to pray yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I went no wires. I sat, I went over, sat down on a pew, and I went, well. Lord, no wires. There's no, there's no wires. And um, so I sat there for a little while, you know, I'm watching everything going on. And then I got thinking, I go, you know, this is emotionalism. I've heard about this, you know, where, where people get caught up in their minds and it's emotionalism. And I'm a black and white guy. I, I don't, I don't fake for nobody. Ask my wife and ask my people that were around. I just, I'm just a black and white guy. And, and so thinking this is emotional he's he's got some way these people are entertaining this and they're falling over backwards so i'm thinking this, that's what this is so anyway back to wednesday i walk my mother 
across the parking lot. I come back in, walk up to the front, and I had purposed in my heart, and uh, I, I, I spoke about this at, at Eagle Mountain International Church, Kenneth uh, Church, and gave a full testimony. Um, and, and some preaching there. Um, but what I did is came back in and I had purposed in my heart, he's not going to push me over backwards. Because everybody's closing their eyes and I'm thinking, well, you can push people over backwards, you lose your balance, you know. So I had I had put myself in a stance, you know, going forward. Mm -hmm. my, my left foot forward, my right foot back, and he's not going to push me over backwards. And uh, he, he comes by and this time, he doesn't touch my head. And he reaches out and grabs my hand to shake my hand. And so I shake, you know, grab and shake his hand. And he looked at me and he cocked his head. And he goes, now, Lord, Elijah, buddy fire hit my thighs, shot down mm -hmm. my legs, face forward. Boom, I hit the ground. Yeah. And I was, I, was, I was down for 30 minutes. Yeah. And I had no power. I could not get up. Um, people ask me, what was that like? You know, what was that like to be, well, I guess they call slain in the spirit. I don't, I just don't know another term to call it. Uh, what was being slain was this? Well, I was knocked to the ground face forward and this, this, uh, all power left my body. I couldn't move. I remember trying to move this little thing. I don't know why I fixed it. I have no idea why I fixed it. My little finger. I was just trying to move my little finger and I couldn't. And you can hear everything. You can still hear everything. If your eyes are closed and, and people's walking, you can see like kind of the light changing, you know, in your eyelids. But you just can't move. And then all of a sudden, I tell people the only way that I really, I really, you know, over the last 25 years, I've tried to figure out how to explain this. But how do you explain what happened then? And the best way I can explain it is this love blanket. And I tell people, I said, you know, when I preach, I try to think about the most, the time that you were most loved in your life. I don't know if it'll be from your mom, your dad, your parents, your grandparents, your siblings, your wife, whoever. You know, you just, most, I, I just felt the most love. And then multiply that just by billions of years. And this love blanket just would come on me. And what I, what I noticed was happening is my face, nobody was touching me, but my face was being pushed into the floor. My body was being pushed into the floor. I mean, my face was being smushed. And, mm. and I remember that. And um, it was a it was a very, very powerful time. My wife, um, I thought it was a few minutes. My wife said, no, it was, it was 30 minutes. And matter of fact, when I hit the floor, she screamed. Uh, mm -hmm. she, she yelled out because she knew, it just took her by surprise that she knew if I was hitting the floor, this yeah. is this, this is not faking because I know my husband and he doesn't fake. And the power and the glory of God came on me. And all I could think about was just, oh, God, oh, God. You know, I tell people, you know, when we become Christians uh, or even when we're not, you know, we, we, our minds play these tricks on us. And we go back and, you know, okay, well, where did this come from? And, okay, where did that come from? And, okay, well, before the Bible, how about before the earth? And, and you get into Genesis. Well, was there other people before those? And those were wiped out too. And then you, and it, mm -hmm. it always takes you back to this point. Is there gods to other gods, to our gods? Sure. Is there more gods? And it, your mind starts playing these tricks that you're, you're, you're humanly are trying to figure this out. And I can tell you at that point that all of them, is there a God? That, that one, that, that just went out. Wow. 
that that there is a God. And I remember in my head just going, oh God, oh God, you could you could flick me across this universe with your little finger if you want to. Power was so strong. And that was the very first time. It was an extremely powerful time. It changed my life forever. Um, and then we can get into other stuff. Uh, welcome there. You know, I do these and stuff and stuff that we had at the church. There was two powerful times that, that I got prayed for. Uh, that was the very first one, and that was on the first Wednesday of the first week of the revival after being prayed for many times. It wasn't any wires. It wasn't emotionalism. It was the genuine power of God through his Holy Spirit showing up uh, to touch his people. And it changed. We had we had over 4 million people come to that church in five years and over 400,000 salvations. They would, start lining, they would start lining up at, at 4, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And, and Elijah, they would stay. They would stand there all day long until the doors opened at uh, 5 or 6 o'clock. Uh, service started at 7. Um, and I don't care if it was raining. I don't care if it was a thunderstorm. We had hurricanes coming. They, they, they were out. They didn't care. They stood in that line. They would not get out of that line. We, had, we could only seat about 20, I think about 20. 2,500 in the main sanctuary. We can see another thousand in the chapel. We can see another 500. We have projectors projecting out of, out of the TV studios onto the wall. They were sitting in the hallways lined up. They were had the radios on. They were sitting when we were broadcasting live. They were sitting on the hoods of their car because they couldn't get in nowhere. Um, people just got hungry for God, and it was just a word of mouth thing. There's no advertising for this. The next thing you know, we got people coming from all over the world. I mean, it started from one state. You know, we got somebody from Alabama that came. Hey, somebody came from Alabama. Then we got somebody from Georgia. Hey, somebody from Georgia came. The next thing you know, we got all 50 states. And then the next thing you know, they're coming from all over the world. Yeah. And it was just an amazing, amazing time. Um, and That's then, wonderful. And during that time, you know, we had we had started doing some things with the church. And uh, my wife was a prayer team captain. It got so big that the the pastor and Steve couldn't handle just praying for everybody every single night. So we create that pastor created a prayer team. He handpicked, handpicked the first few people. And uh, so we were on the prayer team and my wife was a prayer team captain. And then someone had to approve or disapprove who could be on the prayer team because we had so many churches coming, they wanted to pray. So we created a, a, a new direction of pastor. I created a panel team and, I, and our team approved or disapproved who could be on the on the uh, prayer team, which was a, it was a whole other experience of God that, yeah. that uh, we can talk about later. So no, I'll no, that's you, wonderful. I'll let you interject. Yeah. Here. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I love, I love the story. I love what the Lord has done, the history behind it. Um, talk about here the transition. So you've got these things happening, miracles are happening, people are getting saved, radically saved. I'm talking about delivered all like stuff that you read about in the book of Acts, right? It's happening here in this church in Brown in Brownsville, the Brownsville revival. Uh, talk about here though, the transition you alluded to a little, a little bit about serving and how you received the grace to serve. Cause if I remember correct, didn't they have you uh, transition to help with audio as well? Now, did that come before you became the uh, captain uh, part of the prayer team or which, how did that go? Yeah, what happened? Well, well, I had a company and I had a big job. Uh, it's called CNET out at Pensacola NAS. They were converting the runways out there to uh, dorm rooms and schools and stuff like that. And so we had a really one of the biggest jobs that I'd ever had. And the Lord was dealing with about about being in revival 
revival tool company. So I subsequently I ended up closing that company down. That was a huge job. That was mm. back then, that was a $550,000 job, $400,000 profit. I mean, that was been the biggest job I've ever done. And I walked away from it. I went back to the contractor and said, I can't do the job. He was like, What? This is, yeah, yeah. this is a gravy job. What do you mean you can't do that? I said, Well, you have to give it to somebody else and you're not going to understand. So, and so what I did is I started off, I just went in there and I talked to um, uh, one of the guy, uh, the head guy over the uh, audio uh, video department. And I just started running cameras. And uh, mm-hmm. from there, I kept passing people. And and uh, the guy that was in charge of audio, because, you know, thank God it's calling the audio, calling the audio. Well, I've, I've never seen a mixing board. I've, I've never mixed on the audio board. So anyway, I, I went ahead and did that. That turned into be a huge thing. Um, and I started off on a house board and, and we were doing audio, and I'm looking at these thousands of knobs on this board, and I'm thinking, what do we do with this? You know, we had some people that teach us, you know, was, was teaching us, and I just stopped that night, the very first night. I said, Lord, I can't do this. I said, but my hands are available to you. You'll yeah. use them, then I'll do this. And you know, I had, I think I had about seven people come up that, that night and said it was it was the best, best sound they had ever heard in the church. So, anyway, from there we moved to the studio. Uh, the church was taking a house feed off of a monitor board. They just had a microphone hanging over the back, hung, hung over the balcony. That was that's what they were putting on video games. We had VHS tapes back at that time. That's that's what mm-hmm. we And uh, so anyway, I got back in the studio and taught myself how to do uh, studio engineering. And from that, you know, we we got to make albums. Uh, we went out live over the internet. Daystar would come in. We'd have a feed to its truck. I would either go mix in their truck or I would mix off my board and they would take my mix. And so we would go live on Daystar. Um, we went live over the radio. <clears throat> we went live over the internet. And then, of course, we recorded for all broadcasts for tapes and tape distributions and that kind of thing. So that's where I got started in the audio department. Went to Nashville, got to record, you know, two or three albums and uh, got to meet one of the Nashville's top top engineers that's recorded. You you name the person, he's recorded. Okay, so that was really that was really a godsend because music's always been in my heart, and, and that was that was really a cool thing. That the doors that God opened up for me to be able to do that. I got friends in Nashville today, and so um, that was that was trucking right along. We were doing that, and then that's when the prayer team got. We had so many people starting to come that. Uh, the pastor said, we need some way to approve or disapprove his prayer. We can't just have anybody that they're laying hands on people. And so yeah. I wrote the questions of, you know, that we would ask. And we had a penalty. And they called, <laughs> they called us the prayer police. Because the pastor <laughs> said, hey, if y'all are going to approve them, then you're going to watch them. So we had to be on the platform at night. And they had to watch, you know, the people praying for people. And make sure that they're just doing what. The simple thing, just more Lord now, Jesus. Now, don't get off into some deep prophecy and prophetic thing and, and try to do your own thing. Hey, just let God be God and let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do. Touch the people how He wants to. Say, we're just we're just a we're just a vessel. Yeah. Um, I tell you, I tell you how that happened. The very first night that I when I went out to pray, I man, I was scared. It was me and the pastor's son. And so after after a preaching, we agreed as Lord. After preaching, and I get through mixing, and I, we'll go pray for them. We'll, got our prayer team back. We'll go pray, pray for people. This is before it got so good. 
And I remember he was catching for me and we were switching back and forth. The very first time I prayed for somebody, I was so scared because I'm like, this is God's anointing. Yeah. And how in the world would I end up here? I, mean, I know where I was just a few years ago. And to be used in the mightiest, listen, this is Brownsville Revival to date is the longest running, biggest revival the United States has ever seen. Yeah. That's, that's in history. Not in the world, but in the United States. And so I remember I had a lot of people in front of me, and I went up and I went to pray for this lady, and I, and I touched her. I said, More Lord. I mean, she hit the floor. And, and Elijah, this is what I did. Mm-hmm. Turned and looked at my hand. I said, Whoa. And, then, mm-hmm. and, and I went back to praying. Five people, nothing. Nothing happened to them. I touched them, nothing happened. And it dawned on me. I had that epiphany. I said, I told, I told the pastor's son, I said, hold on just a minute. So I'll be right back. And I went over by my pew and I just said, Lord, please forgive me. It is nothing that I'm doing. It is everything that you're doing. And I'm just a willing vessel. And that was prideful. And I, I asked him, I asked you to give me right back. Elijah, I went back to have a, had a line waiting on me. I couldn't even get my hands on I couldn't even. I mean, I got this close, and they're, and they're falling out. And I could feel the power coming up through me and going out my hand. Coming up mm. through my legs and going out my hand. And these people were uh, falling under the spirit like they were. So I learned a very valuable lesson right there. God, God says, I'm a jealous God. It's, it's him. It's, it's about his glory. It's, about, it's yeah. about what he does for people. And we're just supposed to be, yes, Lord. You know, use me as a willing vessel. And, and I, I'm yours to and then that got off into a lot, a lot of other things. My wife became a prayer team captain, which was in charge of a group of, of prayer team. We had to be on the, I had to be on the platform to watch. That was a humbling experience. Sometimes you would have other pastors that come in and administer for years, 20 and 30 years. You know, they kind of get off track, you know, we'll just put our arms mm-hmm. around them and say, hey, come here, brother, you know, we love you. But remember, there's, there's an authority here under the pastor, and he just wants us to do that. And, 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 99.9% of them are, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, brother. Yeah, I'll I, I correct that. I won't do that. He did have one or two, you know, that, mm-hmm. that I've been in, you know, I've been in ministry for 30 years and I can say what I want. To, and, uh, you'd have to deal with that. And, and so some of that stuff, really, that's why I said one of the six steps you have to deal with the problems. And, uh, so, so uh, brother Bill, I, I find that interesting. I want to kind of talk, highlight that some more. So there's this idea of structure and authority, uh, where these moves of God are concerned. The reason I say it, uh, I've been doing these, uh, conferences that the Lord put on my heart, spirit wind conference, W I N D, um, is what I've been doing spirit wind and, uh, just about the move of the spirit and, and t- teaching and also the move of the spirit, uh, just what was prophesied we would have in the last days, this, this mix, uh, together. And, um, one thing I've started to see in doing these is that there, there must be a structure. Uh, there must be an order to things because you can get way off. So I speak a little bit more into that about what you've seen in terms of people getting off when you say, okay, this is how we're supposed to do it. This is what the spirit of God is saying for us to do. This is what leadership is saying. Uh, can you speak in a, a couple examples of people that were praying? I know you alluded to some things, but more in depth about people that were praying and maybe they were in the wrong spirit, the wrong heart, w- weren't submitting to the vision that God had given. Well, um, 
terrible positive stuff, but we did have some some of them, a couple of things. I mean, I, I could put my arm around the ones that was doing wrong, and, and we would, if, if they would, you know, rebel, then I would just point out and say, you see the ushers along the walls, you know, if, if you're not going to be in accordance with what the pastor and Steve has put down in the guidance of what they've done, they're not trying to control the Holy Spirit, but they are trying to yeah. Um, at least have some structure and do, let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. We don't need to interfere exactly. with that. And, exactly. and we explain, we explain that to them in the meeting. And if they kept on and kept on, I would take them off to the side and say, you know, brother, I love you, but, you know, if you do this again, I'm going to have this, you know, these ushers escort you out of the church and you're not going to be allowed back in the property. And so that was, you know, that's, that's protecting, in other words, it's, it's one of the six that I talked about here with Robert. Because if you don't, I mean, we had witches. We had, we had the we had four witches come in, and they got – now, the church was round. It was an octagon church. Uh, but they come and get in the four corners. They get in the balcony, and they do their little they do their little chanting and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we didn't run them out of church. That's the, that's yeah. the, that's the last place we – that's the last that's – the, that's the first place they need to be is in church. Them chants ain't yeah. going to hurt. <laughs> the Holy Spirit ain't, ain't worried about no witches up there chanting. And uh, we on. had one of those, we had one of those witches got saved, Praise just God. being in the meeting. And then she testified that she had been raised to be a sacrifice for the devil. And it mm. was coming up. It was, it was a year or two away. So she was doing what she was doing. But she knew she was raised to be a sacrifice. She got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit in the revival. Along with, I don't know how many other people we had a deliverance team. I wasn't part of that. I seen some. I seen a lot of stuff that was. <laughs> I don't want to see anymore. But we had a deliverance team yeah. with that, and we got those demons and stuff out of those people. And uh, so the structure is something that um, is it, not staunch and, and hard. Mm-hmm. That you're. That you're. It's like where I preach now. We take the clock off of that. You know, I preached at EMIC. You know, I, I met. Uh, uh, the pastor of the church and uh, Pastor George, and, and he came in and said, It was their clock off the wall. I, I thought that was the most awesome thing. And and that was five and a half hour long service. And you, know, you go to BHMI, my, my website, bhmi.org, and you can watch that. But it turned out to be a very, very powerful service. And, I, and, and so, what I mean by that is, if we are going to go forward, mm-hmm. we are going to have an end time revival. And we have to have, we have to let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do at the time that he wants to do. And so we give him freedom and reign to do. It, it may not be our program. It may not be, you know, our 15 minutes of this and our 30 minutes of this and our one hour of this. If, if the Holy Spirit shows up, you got to have a sensitivity to that to say, whoa, 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 something's different here. Let's let him have control. There's, Elijah, there were so many times that we came in. Um, I think at least a half a dozen times, <clears throat> maybe even a dozen, uh, over the five years that when we came in uh, to start the service, the people were already at the altars um, crying out to the Lord. And nobody had sang a song. Nobody had preached the word. Nobody had opened the Bible yet. And so, you know, Stephen, that's going to be it's already started and so they didn't they didn't touch it they just they just didn't touch it they just let the holy spirit and that night went on that way um 
you know, people got so hungry for the move of God. We got a stopwatch one time. We got on the platform, and uh, you know, we, we come into the back. And anyway, we started to stop. You know, a friend of mine. We started a stopwatch, and that's that main church. Uh, that main church with the sanctuary. I think it was twenty. I'm thinking twenty five hundred people. Uh, 50, 56 seconds. By the time they opened the doors, the church was full. That's how fast they were running and filling the seats up until until they had to shut it down to you know fire marshal that time you can't have any more people in the building. And so the mm-hmm. security guards out front will have to shut it and divert people over to the overflow room, chapel, and stuff like that. But 56 seconds with 2,500 people fill up because they're hungry for the, for the move of God. Wow. That's just wonderful. It's a beautiful thing because um, you see this submission coming into play, uh, not to a person, but to the person of the Holy Spirit. Yes, we're talking about the Holy Spirit and a place to allow him to move. And that um, even, you know, witches and warlocks, you know, come on in. I mean, this is the, you come on into a move of God, right? And, you know, and and it reminds me of Moses, right? He, you know, Moses wasn't intimidated by the ones who uh, acted like they had some power when he would do something, they would do the same thing. He, no, he's like, man, come on. Uh, my, our God is, is greater. Our God is stronger. That's uh, a beautiful thing. Uh, so br- brother Bill, we, we've talked about this. Uh, let's, uh, as we begin to wrap this up, I think we got about 19, 20 more minutes here, but uh, if, if you, if you would talk about those, the, the six points that you alluded to, uh, if you just take, take some time here and kind of go through that and see how all this plays a part, uh, the leadership and things like that, just speaking into it a little bit, um, given some more uh, about that, I believe it's a powerful thing. Well, one of the you know, number one thing is to be in unity that the church body has, I mean, the uh, leadership has to be in unity, but the, but the body of Christ has to be in unity. And, and, and <clears throat> Elijah, I preach on this a lot, man, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you the number one thing. And if, if everybody that wherever you broadcast could listen to me and hear this one thing, this one thing alone, because, because our our in our United States and our government, other governments around the world, um, the devil wants to call to cause division. Yes. You know, he's constantly, you can see it in the news media and the stuff going on in our society today, and it's division. You know, the last study that we did and that I that I got <clears throat> on the numbers. 87% of people in this country uh, did not want division. And, and so the number one thing that I, that I noticed in revival, when, when true revival hits, the people are humbled. They are genuinely helpful. They want to be servants. Here's the one I want to talk about. Race goes out there. It yes. just disappears. There is no race. Hey, you remember, I, I tell people this, you know, Acts 17, 26. And he, God, has made from one blood every That's nation right. of men to dwell on the face of the earth. He's made one blood. We're all one blood. We all come from the same person. I'm not going to get into how we got separated when God separated people into different parts of the world and pigmentations of what you eat. I'm not going to get into all that. You know how many shades of white there is? You know how many shades Come of on. black there is? You know how many shades of red, yellow? I mean, so when you get into true revival, race goes out the door. And and the people, the funny thing is, these people that, you know, these people have been in these churches for 20 years. You know, that's my pew. I bought that pew. You know, this yeah. is where I see yeah. This is my spot. You, they don't do that. They, you got the prostitutes, Elijah, coming in. This was in Brownsville. This, was a, this wasn't a good part of town where this church is at. 
and you got the mm-hmm. prostitutes right across the street. They walk. That's their street. That's what they walk in, and they're coming in. Something's drawing them to the inside, and they're coming in, and 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 these older ladies and older men are getting up and going, "Baby, take my seat." And they're dressed like prostitutes. Baby, take yeah. my seat. Come over here, sweetheart. Take my seat. And they get saved. Um, the miraculous things that happened. Um, we had on two different occasions that I know of, the fire department was called because the passerbyers uh, going up and down Cervantes, the road there, and the neighbor neighboring houses called nine one one and said that the fire was on fire. Uh, the church was on fire. So mm. the church gets that because they they like we we can see the flames coming out of the roof, and the fire truck gets there. <laughs> There's no fire. There's a fire inside, but you know that's the that's fire right. of the Holy Spirit, you know. But there was yeah. no fire, and that, that happened on two occasions. The fire department showed up, and um, there was no fire. Really cool one was there was a trucker coming down Interstate 10, and he was tuning his radio, and it just happened to get the broadcast. And he said he didn't know how, but all of a sudden his, it seemed like his truck was taking him, and he was going towards it. <clears throat> the only way I can describe it, you know, those car lot car lot lights they shine up into the air you know you can see those beams mm-hmm. for a few miles but he said he saw one brighter than that and all he was doing was following that light and there was a beam shooting straight up from the pinnacle of the church and he wow. followed it parked his truck came inside and got saved another mm-hmm. thing this is kind of a funny story it was two playboy bunnies that came to town flew in yeah. got into yeah. a cab I, I did an interview with Gene Bailey on uh, Revival Radio TV. I told him about this. And, and so these two Playboy Bunnies, they, they got in a cab, and they told the cab driver, said, hey, take us to the most happening place in town. He said, okay. And so he <laughs> he brought them to Brownsville, Assembly of God Church, brought them Come to on. the front door, and they're like, what What are you doing? This is a church. He said, you told me to tell you to take you to the the most happening place in town, and this is the most happening place this in is, town. Wow. You know, Elijah, both of them came in and got saved that night. Praise God. That is the power. It, it, it's not in those four walls. It permeated out of those four walls. Those That's listeners, good. Those prostitutes and those drug addicts, those drunkards. We had a, we had a drunk guy come in one night to come get his wife out of, out of revival. She had been down there for two weeks, and uh, behind the sound, we had, we had double doors and six sets of them on the foyer. Big old, you know, the big wooden double doors. Mm-hmm. He came in to get his wife, you know, out of the out of revival. She's been out for two weeks. So and this guy was a very prominent, very wealthy guy that owned a very big business in Georgia. And uh, when he walked back behind that sound booth, I saw him. The Lord picked this man up, picked him up and slammed him up against the top of the doors, and he slid down the door under the spirit oh wow got up he got saved and not only that moved his business here moved here with his wife and they started evangelizing and traveling the world. that's wow. the power of god that's 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 where teachings come in. and then we get we get into a whole other thing how i got involved with kenneth copeland he called me and went to a convention there and that's a whole other story and and the, the great things that's happened with that and uh, i've been with licensed kenneth since 2002, and uh, God. he's my spiritual father, and loving, just loving. Yeah, just we got faith, you know. We we got faith combined with the movement of the Holy Spirit. Now. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's a wonderful thing. Um, I uh, so 
during Brownsville, you guys would have guest ministers come in every now and then, or was it always uh, Brother Steve and Pastor John, or how did that work? Did you guys have guests come in to speak yeah, every now and then? Sometimes we have guests. I know Jesse Duplantis was already scheduled to preach, I think, on a Friday night. Uh, most nights, most nights were Steve Hill. Uh, Pastor would preach on Sunday. Uh, sometimes guest speakers would come in on Sunday. Uh, but most of the nights, Steve Hill would preach on those nights. Uh, Jesse was already scheduled. And Jesse, I think, I think they had called Pastor, and Jesse had said something about it. If I remember right, hey, I heard y'all got a revival. I don't have to come. He goes, no, no, no. We already got you scheduled to come, and you can come on. And that's the first time that I've ever seen Jesse. Do that. And, uh, I was... At the time, I was like, who is this? I'm ready for Steve preach yeah. so, I can get, so I can get prayed for, you know? <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah. We're, all, we're all prayer junkies at this time, you know? Get, I want some prayer, you know? Yeah. I'll tell you one more quick thing, I know we're running out of time, but I got prayed for, I got prayed for hundreds of times. And it was sweet, and I go out under the spirit. And that very first time was violent. It was, it, was, it was God showing me the power of God. A couple of years into it, you know, I had come off the platform. Uh, it was about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And Steve Hill was there. And there was four or five of us. We're all just standing there. People were leaving the church. And uh, the ushers flicking their lights. You know, y'all get out now. And uh, so I had came down the platform because I had to be on the platform that night. And I was standing there with my foot up on the second step, my other foot on the floor. And so we're all talking. Steve's, Steve's like, hey, did you see this? I'm like, yeah, did you see this? And he said, we're just going back and forth. Oh, man, this is so cool. How did you see what God did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just reached up out of nowhere. He's hit me and said, now look. And, and I can't fall to the floor mm. as fast as I went to the floor. It's like something jerked me down to the floor. I mean, something, I mean, I really went fast. And when I did, this my elbow hit the step and I heard it went pow. Mm. And so now I'm out, I'm under the glory, and I'm talking to God. And I said, God, you broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and that's what he did i heard a chuckle i heard a chuckle and he goes i didn't break your arm <laughs> mm. I, said, I heard it pop i heard it pop <laughs> but it, he didn't break my arm uh, but that was a very very powerful time also so yeah, that's wonderful those are the things that have happened um i could go on and on about the stories uh, some of the people that you know disobeyed and kept disobeying then you know tragically they, they went there Mm-hmm. A lot of things happen. You, know, you get out of the will of God. You start, and God says, you know, don't touch my anointing. And uh, there was a couple of people that did that. And, uh, it didn't turn out well. So, yeah. uh, but that's what we need. You know, at the end times, is, is we need revival. I think we're seeing awakening right now. Yes. Wake up. Uh, you and I can come together and, and along with everybody else and in the spirit of God, spirit of unity, and that's what God's going to do. No, that's wonderful. That's good. Um, yeah, a lot of my listeners, they love, you know, Brother Jesse and Brother Copeland and, and all those great uh, men and women of God. But uh, did Brother Jesse have a good service? Do you remember the service? Like, well, did it turn out all right? Was it kind of awkward for well, him? I'm going to tell you, that... <clears throat> I, got, I got a copy of it. And uh, matter of fact, uh, I'll be, I think I'm going to give him a copy uh, here shortly. Uh, I gave a copy to uh, Pastor George. Uh, but, you know, Steve was a Steve was a pretty serious guy. He, he was he was for souls, and I have never to this day to this day I have never seen anybody that can cast the net 
mm. and catch so many souls in one net as Steve Hill did. He, mm -hmm. he would bring them in by the hundreds and the hundreds and the hundreds every night. And, and he would preach on something the next night. And here I am. I'm saved. I must, I must have got saved 470 times. I'm, every, every time you think you're saved, he'd say, so, oh, no, I got I to go get saved again. But during that time, um, yeah, he would, he, would, he would cast a net. And, and so he was a pretty serious guy. And when Jesse came that night, it, it, was, it was a blessing to see, because I was on the house board, and it was a blessing to see uh, the pastor was just cracking up. Steve Hill was cracking up. I mean, they were bending over laughing. And it, it was really good to see them laugh and have some joy in amongst this big old move of God. And Jesse's reply was, okay, they told me, you know, y'all had a revival. He's, I'm thinking, you know, you got a five-day revival. He's, I didn't know y'all were in, like, revival. He's, yeah. I, could, I could feel the anointing when I walk in. And so he preached on, on, a, on a message, and it was really refreshing to see Stephen Pastor, you know, just cracking up, being human, you know, just, just good help. Yeah. It was great. It was good. That's wonderful. I'm glad to hear. Uh, this is a beautiful thing. We got about seven, eight minutes left, but I, I wanted to to say here um, and ask about, you talked about some people that got off and, and, and I don't want to talk about it in terms of negative and, you know, there's a lot of positive, right? For th these other encounters, you know, there's a, so much positive going on, but the Bible talks about learning from people's mistakes and so that we don't make those same mistakes. So uh, you, you've spoken to a couple of people that gotten off and, and things happen. Like I said, I, I want to share this to admonish us to be on alert and on guard because there is a move of the spirit that we are going to enter into more. But what are some things you would say in your experience that we should guard against and not yielding to where we don't get off? Well, I can tell you with the two people right there, is God always... Let me just say this. God does not send any evil thing to any person. That means right. there would have to be evil in him. There is no evil in him, the Bible says. And so, but what, what can happen is, is we get off or get out of the will of God and we put ourselves over into the realm of Satan yeah. and his demons and, and the demonic forces. And we do that ourselves. We remove ourselves from the protection of God and put ourselves over into the enemy territory. I, know, I can tell you two different occasions, and I really don't want to get into that a whole lot, but I will tell you these people, one of these people were warned and warned and warned. And mm -hmm. uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't stop, and they, they got taken off the prayer team. They kept, they kept sneaking in and sneaking in. And it was just a weird thing. This particular person, um, within two weeks, developed cancer. Within two weeks, died. Wow. And, and it just happened that fast. The other person... Uh, had laid down and prophesied uh, early on in the revival about some things about pastor and about another pastor across town. And he was misspeaking, he was misprophesying, and he was saying, thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. He said yeah. it a lot, because we were, we were a few that was around him, and we were writing this down in, in his prophecy, and uh, it turned out to be very, very false. And uh, two days later, his the doctors say his heart literally exploded in his chest. So that was two times that I can speak of that when you get out of the will of God and you start touching the anointing of God, it's not that God, God always gives you a chance to repent, always gives you a chance to repent. He's, right. he's on your side. He's for you. But if you continually take yourself out of the 
out of the protection of God. You know, Psalms 91 and all the scriptures of God's protection. And you put yourself over into the, to the realm of Satan and his demonic forces. Then you're going to be subject to those things. And so uh, I saw that twice. Uh, well, I saw it four times that. But that's two, two times that uh, where people were, were warned repeatedly and, and continued, uh, I guess you could call stepping on the morning and taking themselves out of the word of God, uh, out of the protection of God and putting themselves over in the enemy's camp. And then, you know, what's the devil come to do? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And That's right. He's going to do everything he could do. And man, he came against that revival heart. He came against the heart of it. Four million people, 400,000 salvations in five years. And not only that, it's not just at Brownsville. It would go back to the other churches. The pastors mm -hmm. would come. You know, they're like, well, I didn't feel them. I didn't get anything. They got up to the, they'd come back and testify. They got it, they'd get up to their pulpit and start preaching, and the, and, and the anointing would just take up, everybody would just fall out. Yeah, there was one wow. pastor said, I didn't feel nothing at Brownsville. I didn't, I didn't feel, I got prayed for it. I got back to my pulpit. I went to open my, I went to up and the whole congregation fell out. He said, so I Praise just sat God. down. Yeah, I just sat down and waited till you know, the Holy Spirit did what he did. He said, so it just, it, it can perpetuate as God sees it and he wants to do that. And that's where we need to be. We need to stay focused on God, his word. He is his word. You know, he said, if my words abide in you, if you abide in me, you can ask anything you want. And you can have. That's where we need to stand up. If we need to be in Jesus, if Jesus be in us, and to do that, we have to be in his word. Buy that with faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. That's exactly right. Oh, so good. Uh, Brother Bill, as we wrap this up, I, I want you to tell your, your Southwest Believers Convention story. Uh, uh, I know that's a whole other thing, but but I, I heard, I, I happened to hear it on the tape where or the, the time you ministered at uh, EMIC. <laughs> And I just wanted to hear, uh, it was Pastor uh, Creflo Dollar that was speaking, right? That that you had an experience. And I'll just throw this in there. That was my first pastor back and we went to his church in 98 to 2008. And we've been a part of uh, Brother Moore's church ever since 2008. But uh, I love this story because like I said, that's my first pastor that I remember is uh, Pastor Creflo Dollar. So if you would tell that story real quick as we as we wrap it up. And, and I just think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, Creflo has an amazing amazing long to teach the word of God in a simplistic form that anybody can understand. And we were in the middle of revival. I think we were uh, three, four years into revival. And uh, we were, I was in my house in my office and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to go to Believer's Commission. And I went, what's the Believer's Commission? He said, Kenneth Copeland. I said, who's Kenneth Copeland? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and so anyway, I did some research and, and uh, real quickly, I ran upstairs, you know, I told my wife, I said, hey, we're going to Believer's Commission. She said, it's a believer's convention. I told her. And so we made plans to go to, it was, it was actually the next month, and we made plans to go to the Southwest Believer's Convention. Never been there for, before, didn't know how it worked. We stayed in little bed breakfast outside of town, wasn't sure, you know, what hotel. Just didn't know anything about it. And it's six days with 26 services. It's the total immersion of God. They had all these speakers. And that Wednesday, we were sitting in the, oh, I don't know, Halfway up in the on the left, about halfway up, uh, halfway back. Creflo mm -hmm. was preaching on the righteousness of God. And he was coming to the climax of one of his points and about the righteousness of God, who we are in Christ Jesus. And when he made that point, it was like 
it was like an invisible wave. Maybe you've seen like Star Wars or Star Trek, you know, they shoot stuff out in space and you can see it, but you can't really see it. Well, that's how, that's how it happened. He made that point and it started hitting the people. Mm. And I could see it and it was coming towards us and it was just the people, the people, and it was hitting the people. And all of a sudden it hit me in my chest. Elijah, it hit me so hard in my chest that I fell over into the lady behind me. I was embarrassed that later and it hit me and my wife said for her, it was like a hot ball of oil went in her mouth and her throat. And this is how I describe this. Like you only know what you know right now. Mm-hmm. So what we know is what we know right now. So I only knew. So five seconds ago, I only knew when that thing hit me. I knew it's like my brain unlocked that that revelation knowledge hit me. The prep row was preaching that, and immediately I knew who I was in Christ and the power we possess because of His blood. And I got yeah. so mad at the devil because I I realized then what he had been stealing from me and my family all those years. I apologize yeah. to the lady. <laughs> She's like, no problem. I fell over backwards too, you know. And so yeah. that was a powerful time, you know. The Brownsville. And that, this gets into a whole other thing, and maybe we'll talk about it again one day. When the first time I preached, I had a prophet come across town, and, and, and he prophesied, and, and he really, really nailed it. But and I've had this many times where God's going to—he told me early on that He would use me to bring in the movement of the Holy Spirit at Brownsville with the spoken word of God, spoken word of faith of Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and together it will be a mm-hmm. force unstoppable, and it will produce a healing. So that's what we're going forward to do. Of course, COVID messed us up, you know, as far as traveling. We're getting back and doing TV shows and stuff like that now. So um, that's what happened at the first Believers Convention. And I come back. I had a meeting with my pastor. And he's like, he looked at me. We went to a restaurant. And he, he got there before I did. And I got there. And he stood up. He goes, man, what happened to you? He goes, feel the anointing is dripping off of me. I can see it. I'm like, really? He said, yeah. He said, what, what, what happened? I said, I went to this believers convention. I said, I, you know, I took a week off, you know, from Brownsville. I went to this place. I said, I, this thing happened. This 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 thing happened. It hit me. It, I know who I am in Christ. And I know the oh, wonderful. Once you know that, you got it. You got the devil yep. on the run now. And now he's under your feet. There's, there's mm-hmm. nothing he can do to stop. Because we use oh, it. We use it by faith. It's not always about feelings. I'm glad we got the feelings. The feelings are important. Um, but the spoken word of God and, and standing on faith, you know, Hebrews, Hebrews 11 and, and Mark 11, 22, 23, and 24. It's impossible to please God, but we have to stand on faith. We combine those two together, Elijah, with the movement of the Holy Spirit, spoken word of God, you can't stop us. That's so good. Yes, sir. Uh, man, it's beautiful. As we wrap this up, we're so glad to have uh, Brother Bill on the podcast. We go in the broadcast, wherever you're going to listen to this, you'll you'll listen to it. You'll be listening to it. But um, man, it's just going to it's so good. And and uh, we got to have Brother Bill back on. I, I love it. I think there's more there and more to, to hear. But Brother Bill, as we wrap this up, would you pray over the listeners, over the viewers uh, as we get ready to go here uh, and just however you feel led to, sir? I sure will. Father, we thank you for this day and the blessings that you've given us. Lord, I pray that each and every one of the sound of my voice be able to come to under the salvation of God, the salvation of Christ, that he went to the cross and died for our sins. 
you don't know Jesus, you simply have to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be with me. I am yours and you are mine. That right there is as easy as it is. And Lord, I pray over those people right now that they would get the unction of the Holy Spirit to come upon them. You said that you left and you leave that you would send us a comforter. He's here now. He's permanent. He's not temporary like, like he was before. So I pray that everybody in the sound of my voice will get a touch in the Holy Spirit, not only for their own lives, but for the lives of those that they will go out and touch also. Anyone that needs a healer, by your stripes, Jesus. Isaiah 53, 4, 5, he took our ignorance. He took our, our sicknesses and our diseases and our sorrows. And by his stripes, we are healed. In 1 Peter 2, 24, he reaffirmed it and said that by his stripes, we were healed. So I pray over all the listeners that you are coming to enjoy a sweet move of God in your own life, your own family. And I thank you for the touch of God, Father, that you give each and every one of these today. Thank you for giving praise and glory to God. We thank you for what Elijah's doing, Lord. Preach the word to all the world, and then the end will come. We can all go home. I thank you for him in this broadcast. I pray over him. I pray a special anointing on him, Lord God, that he will get a hundredfold return of everything that he sows and everything that he's doing. And we give you all the praise, and we give you the glory, and we give you the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So be it. Uh, thank you so much, Brother Bill. Uh, people want to get in contact. Remind You said the website earlier, but would you remind them what the website yeah, the easiest, they can go to? Yeah, the easiest way is BHMI, Bill Holzinger Ministries International, BHMI.org, uh, BHMI.org. That's the best way you can get me, and then you can get all the other social media stuff you can and you can uh, find out what Oh, that's wonderful. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast, sir. It was an honor to have you here. And uh, thank you guys for listening, for watching. However you're seeing this, however you get come across it, we know that the Lord has done something good in your life through this uh, episode today. Uh, I'm so excited for what the Lord has for us. A great move of God that we will encounter and that we're going into. Uh, the best days aren't behind. They're right in front of us, man. We're getting into some things and I'm excited about it. Uh, my name's Elijah Merle, and don't ever forget this now. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. To find out more, visit our website at merleministries.com.